Yes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Wednesday edition of MLB Morning Coffee. We hope that you are trying to stay safe, staying alone inside your house, shelter in place in whatever states you, you might be listening in. I know here in San Francisco and in the state of California, that's the case right now. I'm not sure if that's the case down in Alabama. I'm pretty sure that it's not, but joining us for the second time here on MLB Morning Coffee a minor league pitcher in the Kansas City Royals organization, and he's back just to kind of take us through the last couple of weeks and what's been a crazy time for major and minor league baseball players. Derek Adams, DA, uh, as we're recording this, uh, you just had a tornado warning down there in Decatur. What uh, What's going on right now, man? I feel like the world's going to end. <laughs> That's what I've been saying. It's uh, you, No matter where you go, you can go outside, you can stay inside. Something's going on all over the place. But, yeah, we just had a... Uh, Tornado um, didn't touch down in Alabama, uh, not that I know of yet, um, but yeah, went pretty pretty close around my house, um, so we're just trying to stay inside, watch the news, be ready to take cover if we got to. Let me tell you this, man. Like I grew up in the Bay Area, I lived in Chicago, and I lived in other areas in the Midwest and the big sky country, and I never saw a tornado. The closest I ever got to a tornado was my first year working for the Clinton Lumber Kings in Iowa. This is my first baseball job. And opening night is postponed because of an impending tornado. Now, the tornado never got near the ballpark, but the weather got so bad to the point to where it went sideways rain for about five minutes, and that was pretty much the end. We couldn't get the tarp on in time. So my first professional opening day had to wait. Have you actually lived through a tornado and... What is that experience like? Uh, I have actually uh, twice. Um, so, in I believe it was 2013, um, really, really bad tornadoes came through Alabama. Not so much, um, this one wasn't too close to my house, um, but did a lot of damage around. So, had that. Um, and I was, I mean, fairly young. That was seven years ago. But the most recent one, I guess, was my. Junior year at JSU, I think that's right, we had, or soft, I don't remember, but a few years ago at, in Jacksonville, tornadoes came through, and literally we went through that. They, it touched down and ran through campus, and I lived a mile or two from that. I'll never forget it. Me and my parents were actually talking about it earlier because of everything that's going on now, um, and that was that was wild. I remember me and a bunch of my teammates, my buddies were at my house sitting on the front porch and it was kind of late at night. It was really dark and all you could, you could just hear the wind and the, the hail, the rain. I mean, it was, it was wild. We, uh, we ended up having to go inside. We took shelter for a little bit because it had touched down and we got word from our athletic trainer at the time that he needed some help. Like his apartment got hit pretty bad. So we, a few of us hop in my car, we start heading towards uh, his apartment, which was kind of on the other side of campus from us, and we're driving, and there's like trees down, there's there so much water, all the rain, uh, power lines were down, and we could only go so far because there were like fire trucks and stuff blocking it off. We couldn't even get to his apartment complex because they had everything blocked off, and man, the, I still have pictures of the next day that I took all through campus, and I mean, it 
it destroyed it. Like one of our, I think it was our business building. They literally just had to tear it down. We were in the process of building our new baseball stadium. That took a took a hit, um, pushed that back a little bit. And, you know, fortunate enough for us, it didn't come near my house, but campus uh, ran right through that, messed up a lot of stuff. We even, this was, I guess it was March. It was, I guess, a few days ago, a couple of years ago, back um, right around this time. And they ended up canceling school for the year. You could, like, take your grades how you had it or um, finish the rest of the semester online. So I had lucky enough for me, I had good grades. I was just playing baseball the rest of the year. Well, you're a smart guy, DA, so it doesn't surprise <laughs> me that, number one, you had good grades. But, I mean, I feel like that story is kind of a microcosm for a lot of college baseball players. And before I get into the experience of you having to leave Royal Spring Training, I want to ask you, because you're not that far removed from being a college baseball player. Your last season was in 2018. So you have a lot of guys that were your teammates that just had their season outright canceled 20 games in. I mean, what have you had a chance to talk to some of your teammates at Jacksonville State? I mean, what are they feeling at this point knowing, okay, do I stay for another year? Do I just move on with my life if they feel like they're not going to get drafted? I mean, what's the sense that you're getting from some of your former teammates? Because I know that you still go back to JSU and are able to train and work out with some of your former teammates. Yeah, I do. Um, and I'm and I'm pretty close with a lot of those guys. Um, a lot of them I played with. Some of them I didn't, but still close with the team. That's where I spent most of my offseason this year anyways. So um, I actually talked to one of my really good buddies who's a senior this year, and I think it was like the day they canceled it. And uh, he uh, he was just distraught, and, and I felt so bad for him because I can't imagine um, your senior year and your season's cut short. I mean – Literally, that's that's when you go by the saying, you know, play every game like it's your last because you never know. And usually you think that because of injuries or something, never anything like this. And that and that's terrible. Like, I hate that for those guys. Um, and I know he was upset. Come to find out that he actually is going to go back, I believe, and, and play again. Uh, one of my other friends who was a senior, I believe he, he decided to kind of hang it up. I think he's uh, getting ready to get married and stuff like that. So I, I guess that part of his life's kind of come to a close and he's kind of got to move on from that. So it's, you know, you got guys doing different things, some staying, some leaving. And I can tell you right now, I wouldn't be able to hang it up. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be playing, but you know, some, some people are different. I was talking about this actually with, and he's a frequent listener of our program, Mark Rivera. He is the baseball SID at the university of San Francisco. And he basically told me, he said, you're going to have guys that have already signed their national letters of intent. And if seniors decide to come back for another year, you could, in theory, have some 50-plus man rosters. I mean, how do these teams, granted that a lot of seniors have been given extra years of eligibility, I mean, how do coaches navigate through this? I mean, I guess for a lot of your weekday games, your Tuesday and Wednesday games, when you're not using your normal weekend starters that you've got a lot of pitching available but I mean in your opinion how do they navigate through this I mean this is unprecedented in college baseball yeah that's um I think that's a big concern and and that's going to be really tough to handle I'm not real sure it may end up you know some teams have those guys who 
who are not going to play a lot. They're they're on the team to kind of fill the roster, and you know they may get some opportunities here and there. You may see some of those guys get let go um, if that's the case, or you you will have a bigger team, and that will definitely help with pitching and stuff. But it's going to be tough, especially because if you've got a freshman incoming, you know he's going to take this senior spot, good senior, um, and he he decides to play again. Well, that kind of you know that that's tough for the freshman who maybe he won't get redshirted, but he's missing out on a year of playing time, you know. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out. There's another repercussion that I thought of this, and that is you could end up, if MLB ends up canceling the draft, which was the subject of another one of our episodes, and I want to get your take on this, DA. If MLB decides to cancel the draft for this upcoming year, then you, in theory, are going to have, and this is in reference to this year, you're going to have seniors, juniors, and sophomores all eligible for the 2021 draft. And to me, that takes away a lot of opportunities from seniors this year who may not end up getting drafted next year. I mean, how do you navigate the draft process if there's no draft this year and you're basically opening up the draft pool to another class of player that wasn't going to be eligible for this year's draft. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I haven't even really thought about that. The only thing I would think right off the top of my head right now, uh, that may take away from a lot of those high school guys getting drafted. Um, and it could be, you know, some people get drafted late. Uh, just to kind of get your name out there. You just kind of pick these, maybe these high school guys, um, just to pick them, even though you know they're going to go to college. And that may take away from that. You may have more guys end up signing it's that's that's going to be something that's going to be a big factor I don't know I'm interested to see well that's an angle you actually brought up that I didn't think about when I first did my episode on the subject is that you're going to end up having a lot of guys because most high school guys are quote-unquote committed to going to a certain university but you also have a scenario where a lot of those guys only commit to that university in the sense that they don't get the money that they want. Like this is moreover, we're talking like first and second round consensus picks. Now, Mm -hmm. a lot of those guys, if there's no draft, they're going to end up having to go to school or they're going to end up going to junior college because the junior college draft rules are different. For those that don't know, if you go to a junior college, you are eligible to be drafted after your first year and after your second year. But if you go to a division one university, you are only eligible to be drafted after your academic junior year. So this is going to change college baseball in a variety of different ways. Yeah, it is for sure. And that's and that that's tough. That that sucks, honestly, for everybody that has to deal with that because this is a it's a big twist that you're gonna have to deal with and it's gonna definitely take a toll on um, I guess the strategies and, and such when it comes to drafting guys and, and other things like that. So as somebody that was a late round draft pick yourself, I mean, could you put yourself in a lot of these guys' shoes, not knowing necessarily what your baseball future is going to be? I mean, that's just got to be as somebody that was in rehab all throughout your first year of pro baseball, recovering from an injury. I mean, you came back with flying colors, were the Idaho Falls pitcher of the year in the Royals organization in 2019, but. There are a lot of guys that 
they may end up with an injury from this past year and may never have a chance to play pro baseball. So you've somewhat been in those guys' shoes. Can you imagine what it's like for a lot of current seniors that have basically had their chance of playing pro baseball taken away from them? I I can't. That's that's very tough. And I think about some of those guys, um, you know, that would be senior signs that would be, um, even, even fifth year guys that, you know, some, some of those guys still might get picked up and it's going to be really tough for that to happen now. And, and that hurts you, especially now if they do come back and they, and they play again, they're going to really have to show out, um, in order to be picked up because you don't see a lot of older guys getting drafted. And, and so that, that's tough. I hate that for those guys because I can't imagine, you know, not playing. Um, you know, getting drafted was a dream come true. Doing what I'm doing now is what I've been trying to do my whole life. I'm literally living the dream. Um, and so for other guys that, that have that dream, if all of this is taking that away, that, that hurts. That hurts. I hurt for them. We are talking with Royals left-handed minor league pitcher Derek Adams here on MLB Morning Coffee. But not only is he that, he is my good buddy and somebody that decided he wanted to jump on the podcast during the middle of a tornado warning. So I, this is this is the commitment that DA has to helping us put on a good show here. Derek, you and I talked last time when you were in Arizona and you were getting ready to start the minor league portion of spring training because a lot of guys at your level are not going to end up playing in major league spring training games, at least until the very end of big league spring training. Your report date was a lot later than a lot of the guys that were in the early February, early March games or late February, early March games. Right. You had to go home to Alabama because of all this. And I feel like that basically got jump started when the two Yankees players tested positive for coronavirus. So what was the process for you in terms of being told that you've got to go home? Um, well, so we started, I want to say the first time we had heard about it, you know, we're all kind of thinking, oh, wow, this, this is crazy. You know, nothing's, nothing's going to happen. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. And then I believe it was like the NBA decided to suspend their season. And I, I remember we were in the weight room and something popped up, I guess it was on MLB network on the TV. And it was like spring training to be canceled or something like that. And everybody's like, what in the world is going on? So we finished the day and we ended up having the meeting. And the Royals told us that they were going to give us the next few days off to just kind of figure out everything, what they were doing, um, what what the plan was. So we literally had, I think it was like three days off, and they wanted us to just kind of hang out in the hotel, try to, you know, stay out of public places, don't go anywhere, just wait and see what happens. So, you know, of course, a bunch of us went and played golf, <laughs> and uh, that was kind of our plan for the off days. And I guess... Uh, on the third day, third or fourth of the day, we had another meeting, and we came in. The first thing they told us, they were like, hey, guys, you know, we hate this, but we're about to treat it like it's the end of spring training. we got to send you guys home. And we kind of expected that because we were one of the last teams to kind of do that. I was talking to a lot of my, my other buddies on other organizations, and they had already been sent home. They were um, getting on a flight, you know, that, that day or the day before, and you know, I kind of like that about the Royals. Nobody really knew what was going on, but they were kind of holding out, making sure they knew exactly what was going to happen before they told us and let us know. 
Um, so that was good. And I actually talked to – I had a couple of buddies that play for the Yankees, and they were kind of keeping me updated on what was going on over there. But, yeah, after the meeting, it was just kind of like, hey, you're going home. I ended up getting my plane ticket that night, flew out the next morning, and uh, here we are. Do you have any timetable for when you guys are going to return? Because I've been listening to a lot of talk shows. I've been reading a lot of articles in terms of the medical statistics behind how pandemics work. And it just, to me, doesn't seem like we're going to have baseball at any level for a while. So for you, how are you staying ready for whenever you guys are getting called back to spring training? And you know, it's funny because you started last year and extended and went to Idaho Falls. I feel like that's going to be the process for everyone in minor league baseball, that you're going to have a season similar in length to the one that you had in your first pro year. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, the first thing they they told us, they were like, hopefully, you know, you're going to be home probably four to six weeks. Could change. You could be back sooner. You could be back later. But that's kind of like the idea. That was what they were hoping for. Um, so they're just going to, you know, they kind of keep us updated when they hear stuff and they ask us how we're doing. But for now, you know, all you can do is kind of treat it like the off season. It's, it's different because they asked us not to go to gyms because that's not, you know, that's one of the top places that you, you want to stay away from during all this. Um, stay away from, like, facilities that we worked out at and stuff like that just just for at least a couple of weeks. So I've been home a week now, and it's been tough. I mean, now, fortunate enough for us, the Royals did give us a program that we could do at home, like an in-home workout and stuff, and I actually have some equipment and stuff here that I'm able to use. So that hasn't really made – too much of a difference um you know i'm not really in a weight room but and then as far as throwing i've got a couple buddies home obviously that still play so we try to get together but if it's raining i've done set up a a net on top of my uh, attic in our uh, detached garage out there and that's actually what i was doing um earlier throwing into that kind of had to throw like a little flat ground into the net um up there so you just got to do what you can to stay ready because you never know this could, yeah, it could last, um, you know, another month or so or longer, um, or it could be another week. So you just got to be ready whenever they call you, tell you we're coming back. And that's kind of the plan. Cause I think what they would like for us to do is if they can give us another sort of spring training, maybe like a two or three week thing back at our spring training facilities and then start the season. But you're right. It definitely will be a shorter season. I would think. And, I'm just hoping that we still have a season. I don't care if it is shorter. Um, just want to be able to play. One of the things I was thinking that teams could do, and I wanted to see what your thought on this is, is that, and I know that this was the case when I was with the Brewers, is that they had a mini camp for the Helena Brewers team that came up from extended for about five days prior to the season actually starting. Now, I know with the Royals, all the first-year drafted guys end up going to Arizona and doing their own little mini camp down there first before they get assigned to either Idaho Falls or Burlington or the AZL. I feel like right. if you wanted to start the minor league seasons quicker, you could, in theory, have everybody assigned to what minor league teams are going to be on to start that year and do your spring training in those cities. That way you can end up getting more games in. Now, I know the purposes of this is player development, and right. you got a chance to win a championship with Idaho Falls this past year, as did I. 
uh, although you obviously contributed a lot more to it than I did. You were, you know, one of the <laughs> key arms that. out of the you were one of the key arms out of the bullpen. I was the guy that was talking on the microphone. But <laughs> there have been thoughts that you could extend the minor league season and get rid of playoffs. From the player development side of things, that might be the best idea. But I feel like for a lot of the guys who have that competitive nature, they don't want to see that happen. What's your stance on it? Would you rather play more games and have more playoffs or play less games and still have a playoffs? Uh, I would for sure playoffs. I mean, because, I mean, not only was last year great winning the championship, that was freaking awesome. Um, I'll never forget that. But, yeah, as the competitor that I am, Sure, you know, you go out every single game, you want to win. But when you – that last – the last little stretch of the season when it's it's really you got to grind through it, um, the the playoffs and and the postseason is is what pushes you because you just want to get through. You want to beat everybody. You want to get a ring. That's, um, That's very exciting, and I would be very upset if they took that away. I understand the player development side of it. But at the same time, it's baseball. We want to. We got to crown a winner at the end of this. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people that don't share your same mindset, and I do share your same mindset because I feel like learning how to win at any level is important. Like, I think mm-hmm. there's a difference between learning how to play and learning how to win. And I feel like a good example of that were this year's Washington Nationals who had a lot of guys that were on teams that made the playoffs and never won a playoff series. And then this year, they finally learned how to win. So I feel like from the competitive aspect and from a development aspect, having playoffs is important. But I don't necessarily think that there would be an option because the calendars of a lot of these things are going to get completely turned on their head. I mean, are you envisioning a worst-case scenario like, can you mentally prepare yourself that you're not going to pitch a single inning of baseball this season? No, I can't. And if that's the case, I have a feeling that I'll end up having my uh, dad or sister in the front yard trying to hit off me or something, because I'm not going to be able to, to not do that for however long, you know, I guess another year would be until spring training starts again. Um, And we just got to hope that doesn't happen. We, I know all of us want to get back out there. We want to get back playing, and hopefully that's sooner than later. Do you think Major League Baseball is going to take the lead in regards to their scheduling, or do you think they're going to end up following the leads of the NBA and the NHL, who probably have a more pressing time clock in regards to what they're going to do with their seasons? Because this all happened before Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball were even scheduled to start. The NBA was right. about a month away from the playoffs. The NHL, less than that. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. That's um, I don't know because since the NBA was the first league to you know suspend their season and then all the other ones kind of followed after that, uh, I'm not real sure. I don't know if they'll all kind of you know decide on something and try to go at the same time. Um, I, I don't know. That's an interesting question. I would hope that based on what we've heard, it's kind of like, it's, we're going to get going as soon as we can. Um, but you know, we don't know when that is. So 
Have you had a chance to talk to a lot of your Royals teammates and more specifically your Chuckers teammates about what they're doing to be able to, to stay fresh? Because I know for a lot of guys, you know, guys like Alec Marsh and Grant Gambrell and Austin Manning that live in Arizona, they can still get outside in the heat and be able to at least go jog a little bit. And if they've got access to, you know, weights at their houses, they can train like that and be able to throw outside as opposed to somebody like an Anthony Veneziano who is up in Hackettstown, right. New Jersey, when it's still really cold outside. Like, how are right. your teammates handling this right now? Um, well, actually, you said, said Marsh. Uh, me, and, me and Marsh were actually playing PlayStation together last night, and we were talking about that. And he was telling me that um, another one of the guys in our organization, J.C. Cloney, who was in AA last year, I believe, um, is down the street or something where he is right now. So, you know, he can throw there. Um, and handle all that and the weather obviously is much better there um you know for anthony um i haven't i'm trying to think when i talked to him last i'm not real sure um everybody's got something different you know like i said i I can throw with somebody one day if the weather's good if not then i'm throwing into the net upstairs um everybody's just trying to find a way i think manning actually one day sent me a snapchat or something he was throwing into a wall um, so it's kind of funny. It, it sucks obviously, but it's funny and interesting to see what everybody's coming up with and what they're doing to try and keep themselves ready. Well, I'll let you know this DA, my room here at the ocean Avenue studios is small and I don't have any personal weight equipment. And right now San Francisco's under a shelter in place order. So basically we can go out to the grocery store, go out for a walk or a jog and that's it. So I've become the master of medicine ball crunches and push-ups because that's about all I can do at this point. I'll tell you what, man, I, I, I'm feeling the upper body strength right now, but uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely, you know, looking forward to actually like doing like real lifts again, just because. So are you going to, you're going to have to get a bigger shirt by the end of all this or what? I mean, I would hope a bigger shirt in a good way, a bit, a bigger, sh- a bigger exactly, shirt exactly. in a good way. I'm talking if, about if one a- that can't really fit your arms anymore. Okay. Yeah. That, that's what I'm looking for. We're not look. we're not looking for the other type of bigger shirt. Right. 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 What I'm talking about. Oh yeah. yeah. I got you. No, I'm talking about those, uh, I'm talking about your biceps. See you and, uh, you and Morty are kind of on the same page. You know, I- I'll say this. I learned a lot about how to actually work out from actually going to coaches' workouts. So for those that don't know sort of the lifestyle of a minor league player on the road, the players are split up into two groups, and they go into whatever visiting gym at certain sessions. Now, I could never go to the home gym because I was always in our office working, but on the road I had a little bit more freedom. So I would always go with the coaches and the athletic training staff on a nine o'clock bus whenever I would go. And that frankly was not as often as I would like, but it was still, it was still a decent amount. It was still like a decent amount of time. Hey, you know, there was uh there were a couple instances when Nelly would get on me about uh, not, you know, saying that I was going to be at the bus. Actually, that was more uh, Damon than it was, but Nelly, but in any <laughs> I'm event, sure, I'm sure both of them. Yeah. In any event, uh, watching those guys work out, you know, watching guys who played in the major leagues work out just told me like, OK, it's not necessarily about the cardio. It's about getting certain areas of your body strong. But 
the cardio is also an important part of it. So for you, when you're working out and trying to keep yourself not only in throwing shape, but just in good shape in general, like how do you balance that with limited resources? Um, well, you just got to do what you can with what you have. And, um, for me, like upstairs, um, kind of close to my bedroom, I've kind of got some of my workout stuff set up there. And so like, if I'm working out, um, you know, do whatever I can with that and I'll run up and down the stairs a couple of times if I got to, um, run outside and play with my dog and <laughs> stuff like that. You got to find little things to do, take a jog around the neighborhood, you know, whatever you can to, to make it work, I guess. What is on the Derek Adams list of movies that you have to watch while you're social distancing? Ooh, man, that's tough. You know, I don't really watch a lot of movies. I'm kind of a big, uh, you know, I try to find shows to watch. Um, have you seen that new Tiger King show that just came out on Netflix? Or did you see like any of the, I... the advertisements for it? That there's like some guy in Oklahoma that is like the master of, uh, a bunch of like tigers and cheetahs and stuff. Like he's got all these exotic animals living on some like 20 acre farm in Oklahoma. I actually know I have not heard of that, but I will check it out because that does sound kind of interesting. <laughs> but I, have you seen or heard of uh, all American on Netflix? I have heard of it. I have not had a chance now to that, watch that yet. Great, great show. I'm, I will finish it tonight for sure. I think I've got an episode and a half left. Maybe. Um, yeah, that's a great show. Now, you were telling me that you've been passing a lot of time by golfing. Now, golfing, for a lot of people listening, golfing is a that's great way. It's a great way to, number one, social distance, but number yep. two, be able to get out and exercise. Because mm -hmm. if you are actually walking and carrying your bag, you could end up walking about seven miles in a round of golf. So have you oh, yeah. used it as a way to exercise or just a way to, to get outside? We'll say both. <laughs> we'll say both, but definitely to get outside. I'm trying to, um, we played a lot in Arizona, especially when we had those off days, but it had nothing else to do. Um, so I actually ended up, uh, I guess late last week, what just a few days ago, really, I ended up buying a new set of golf clubs. Uh, so trying to get back into it. There we go. There we go. That's what I like to hear, my friend. That is I what you, I like I to hear. you'd like that. Yeah, man. So I actually was able to get out over the weekend before they closed all the golf courses here uh, due to the shelter-in-place order. And mm -hmm. they determined some of them recreational activities, but some of them shut down because they were not deemed essential businesses based on like certain parts of the golf operation. But what they were actually doing to prevent the spread of coronavirus is they actually didn't put the cups all the way in. They put the cups halfway up. So literally you could not make a putt. Your putt was made by literally hitting the ball into the side of the elevated cup. It was so weird, oh, man. That. It was just, oh, weird. it was weird. But I'll say well, this. It was kind of different for us. So when we got to the golf course the other day, they were like, okay, well, you're going to have, it was just me and my buddy. Um, and they made us get in separate carts. So we had our own cart. They asked us not to touch the flag, um, keep it in, and no rakes in the bunker. They took them all away so nobody would, like, touch it and stuff like that. So 
Yeah, that's the same thing that I experienced over the weekend. And literally, I got two rounds of golf in on Saturday and Sunday before they closed everything again. And I don't know when it's going to open. And I'm yeah. going to try and, I mean, I can't really create a, you know, a putting green inside of my current living situation. I did see that, you know, people are, are doing the, the 10 push-up challenge on Instagram, but I saw that you're doing the see a putt, send a putt. I think that that's a, <laughs> I, uh, I think that's a lot better social media phenomenon than just watching a bunch of people do push-ups or, or TikToks. What is the social media yeah. phenomenon that has annoyed you the most during this self quarantining period? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I've been, I've been tagged in a couple of those push-ups, and you know, I love the people that tag me in them. Uh, they're my boys, but I just can't, you know, video myself doing push-ups. It's, you know, not that I'm not comfortable with that or anything. It's just, I, that that's not me. So when my friend tagged me in that putting thing today, I was like, okay, now that's something I can get behind. I can, I can do that. Um, yeah, the that was a pretty impressive putt that you made, by the way, on the uh, <laughs> on the living room floor. Like that was a big yeah. breaker. That looked like it was from oh, a good yeah. like twenty to twenty five feet. Yeah, it was it was a good little putt. I wanted to make it a little challenging, have a little fun with it. And it only took me four tries, I think. I don't know. My sister probably counted everyone to make fun of me. But um, <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, one that really annoyed me, uh, I wouldn't say the push ups really annoyed me. I mean, I get it. Like you're trying to do something. But I don't know. I mean, you look on Instagram and there's or anything and there's something going on. People are just bored trying to find stuff to do. So I get it. <laughs> if there's any company that is making a name for themselves during this time, it is TikTok. And I will I, I held off on a lot of trends for the longest of times. I guarantee you I will never break on TikTok because I don't get it. Yeah. I don't understand what people <laughs> find fun about it. It is just it's like Vine. It it's just like the new version of Vine. And I didn't even enjoy Vine when Vine was a thing. Yeah, I it's um you know, I, I have a TikTok, I have the app, but I can't tell you the last time I got on it. Now I will see stuff, you know, people post TikToks on their Instagram and like some of them are really funny, but I'm not one of those guys that just get on TikTok and just scroll through. Now there I will say there's a lot of funny content and stuff on there. A lot of my friends will send me funny TikToks, and that's great. But I'm just, I don't know. Some of that, a lot of it actually is kind of cringy to me when people on there doing their dances and stuff. You know, not knocking anybody. You do you. But um, that, yeah, that's not really my cup of tea. I figured as much. Derek Adams, <laughs> always appreciate the time, my friend. Thanks for jumping on today. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Gregors. You got it. That was Derek Adams here on MLB Morning Coffee. Before we go, this is going to be our last normal episode for a while. Starting tomorrow, we are going to be doing a top 10 list of players for every Major League Baseball team. It is going to be 10 players, explanations on all of them. We're going to have 10 in 30 days, or rather 30 in 30 days, and we're going to have some fun with it. If there's news that breaks, we'll break that cycle. But for now, that is what we are going to do. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Stay safe, and we'll catch you in the AM with our first preview, the top 10 San Francisco Giants of all time.